Welcome to Curtin University's Young Alumni Talks for Change podcast series. This series is created, hosted and narrated by Curtin Young Alumni for our young alumni. Talks for Change brings to you stories of Curtin's amazing young graduates from around the world who are inspiring social change within their communities. These are real stories by real grads, so sit back, plug in and be prepared to be inspired. We hope you enjoy this episode of Talks for Change. Hello listeners, welcome to the first Talks for Change podcast for 2021. My name is Sam Panaker and I graduated from Curtin in 2014 with a Bachelor of Commerce and I'm one of the program coordinators on the Curtin Young Alumni Advisory Board, also known as the Curtin YARB. The YARB is a team of Curtin graduates who share a connection with the university and work to help other graduates do the same. I'm excited to introduce you to Emily Regan. Emily graduated from Curtin in 2015 with a Bachelor of Nursing. Upon graduating, Emily worked at Hollywood Hospital before moving to the UK. She then joined the battle against COVID-19, working as an emergency nurse in one of London's largest hospitals. It is this work that has seen her recently featured on the ABC News and Channel 7's Sunrise program. Without further ado, welcome to Talks for Change, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. We're really glad to have you, especially today when restrictions have started to lift in the UK. Um, So as a bit of an icebreaker, I thought it would be fun to play a quick word association rapid answer game where you say the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask a question. So, favourite curtain eatery? Uh, The Lolly Wall at the Student Guild. I was often there. Excellent. And favourite lolly? Uh, The Cloud. Quite a big fan of the clouds. Amazing. Okay. And where did you spend the most time on campus other than at the lolly wall? Uh, the pub, Palmy and a Pint, every Thursday. Yes. Oh, love a Palmy, love a Pint, love the tub. And last one, what comes to mind when you think of Curtin? Uh, I think of green. You know, there's so much um, grass there that is just so nice, particularly for Perth being so dry. Um, and all the nice trees outside the library are regularly have a snooze out there. I don't think anyone would blame you for that. It's a very nice campus and there's so many places to hang out when you're not in class or at a tute. Um, so now that we know a bit more about you and your care and experience, Emily, I'd love to talk to you about the important work that you're doing. So being a nurse at any time seems like a really challenging job, even more so in the midst of a global health pandemic. When did you first know you wanted to be a nurse and what are the biggest challenges for you? Uh, So I didn't leave school and go straight into nursing. Um, I grew up with people always telling me that I'd be good at nursing and I was like, oh, no, and rebelled against it as, you know, people typically do. Um, And I didn't do TEE or GCSE, whatever they call it now at school. Um, And then when I graduated Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I had a friend who was like do you really want to get a job right now and I was like no and so we both did um, a bridging course and then I started a mass communications degree at Curtin um, public relations and journalism because I wanted to be on the radio and make people listen to me Um, and then I didn't wasn't quite right so I went on to do um, social work Um, for a year and then that kind of wasn't the same kind of the right kind of care I guess I wanted to give people Uh, so I took a semester off and um, thought about what I enjoyed and 
what I enjoyed was people and I quite like gross stuff. And so I stuck with nursing and um, yeah, haven't five, six letters, haven't looked back. Um, and then I guess the most challenging thing with my job, um, I mean, other than I want to exceed if home, that was a bit gross. Um, that was an, a rough three days. Um, but yeah, I think just, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's quite a taxing job. Um, you have to really love it, I think, to be good at it. And, um, and thankfully I do. Um, I like to think I'm a good nurse. I haven't, haven't really had many patients complain about me, touch wood. Um, you know, it's, it's very much juggling lots of different kinds of people. And, you know, people are having their worst day most of the time when you see them. So I think it's just um, often it's really hard to kind of take a step back from that if you're the one who's, you know, copying their frustrations um so yeah I'd probably say that's that's a bit challenging at times but other than that it's pretty good yeah that's so right um you would interact with a lot of people on their worst days and constantly being around that it must be a real challenge to stay positive through it all and to continue having that passion for nursing and providing care which is I guess why you got into it so that's fantastic that you've managed to stay positive even through everything that you've seen and I think that's pretty remarkable for all our listeners out there today. <laughs> um, what was kind of your trigger point when you were into your first course and realised that it wasn't for you? Um, I have to admit it was honestly like day one um, and I was sitting in class and I just thought, oh, I don't really want to do this. Um, I just was kind of at uni to be at uni um, and I was doing PR, public relations and journalism because I wanted to be on the radio but really I think I just wanted to have people I just wanted to talk and people have to listen to me um I didn't want to have to put in the effort um so yeah it was kind of quite early on um and yeah just it didn't feel right um PR like public relations was quite interesting and I have to admit has come in very handy in nursing a lot of the time you kind of have to um you know talk your way in out of situations or you know calm a situation down so um so that was yeah that I kind of used a little bit but um but yeah it was quite early on that I realized it wasn't really for me great and I guess when you started your nursing course was it just that different feel straight away you knew that was the right course for you yeah I think I I really enjoyed what I was learning um it was really interesting and I think that made a real difference um you know my grades before were kind of I was you know very much on the P's get degrees um kind of way of thinking and then I started nursing and I actually did really well because I um, enjoyed what I was learning and it was interesting. And, um, and yeah, I, you know, I mean, I still was someone who left their assignments pretty much to the last minute. I think the last assignment I handed in was the only assignment I handed in early out of my whole degree. Um, but I at least enjoyed what I was learning. <laughs> yeah. And I think that makes a lot of difference. Loving what you do, you definitely notice a difference in the quality that you put into things and, even the effort that you make consciously or subconsciously. So as a graduate nurse, you worked at Hollywood Hospital. Now, this was obviously pre-COVID-19. So what would you say are the biggest differences between nursing in Perth and nursing in the UK, COVID aside? Uh, so I, I worked at a private hospital, um, which is significantly different to the NHS just because of money. Um, but then... As well, I, I so I trained in the public system back home, and even still, the the main difference is is the money, is the funding. Um, you know, we pay about the same amount of tax 
here as we do in Australia, but there's, I think, 45 million less people in Australia than here accessing a healthcare system. So I think that's probably from on a day-to-day nursing level, the difference. Nursing is kind of nursing no matter where you are. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the same in every country. Um, you know, you've got to take blood, you've got to do OBS, you've got people that are sick that need help. Um, but I think the biggest thing coming over here was the... I guess the professional respect level of difference back home, um, you know, in Australia, when you say you're a nurse, it's, I always found that it was met with, um, you know, I was quite proud to say that. And it was met with, you know, kind of respect from people. It was like, Oh, wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. You know, that's great. Whereas here, when I first moved over, a lot of it was, you know, when I said I was a nurse, people would say, why? Um, and you know it's not it's not I think often seen as a profession here it's seen more as a care job and you know it's not we're university educated um, people with a degree you know where we're part of a you know medical professional team Um, so I think that that was really challenging kind of having to reassess my own um, I guess personal pride as well Um, you know growing up well yeah working back home and studying and you know going out and people you know you kind of are so it's it's nice for people to say to you you know that they respect your job and it's really great what you do and then to come here and you know that be a bit different that was a bit challenging but um you know I think it started to change a bit with COVID so fingers crossed it keeps changing. Yeah definitely I think nursing is such an in admirable position you know you are looking after people day in and day out you have that many patients that you're getting to know and remember all their particulars and their family and their friends while dealing with incoming things so yeah as you said COVID has definitely highlighted the work that you do Um, and on that note can you talk us through your experience with COVID-19 so far it's been a very different situation I'm sure you've been keeping track of our situation here in Perth yeah, uh, quite quite different. Um, yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, you know, I I um, was actually one of the first people to ever swab, you know, someone in the UK query for COVID just because of the hospital that I worked at was, um, you know, it's quite a large infectious diseases hospital. And, you know, so we had kind of the first COVID positive patients. Um, but yeah, I think it's been it's been interesting to say the least. Um, it's been uh, lots of ups and downs, um, probably a lot more downs than ups, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I guess when COVID first hit and restrictions came in, it was just fascinating. I work in um, A&E, Accident Emergency, so uh, ED, I guess, as it's known back home. Um, and we were just, we just suddenly became quiet. We were absolutely dead. You know, there was, we went from 600 presentations a day to 30 um, because people were just so scared to come in and people were only coming in for COVID and, um, you know, a few other things. uh, The ambulance service had different kind of parameters of who they had to bring into hospital and who they didn't and a few things like that. So it was just, it was fascinating to just see empty A&Es but then to know that the rest of the hospital was absolutely slammed because, you know, there was COVID positive patients, you know, all on the wards and being, you know, tubed on the wards and having to go up to ITU and that kind of stuff. 
that I think that was really challenging for us because we felt like we were twiddling our thumbs a bit down in A&E, you know, wanting to go and help, but then kind of waiting for the boom. Like, you know, it was always like, oh, you know, we're going to peak, we're going to peak, we're going to peak. And little did we know that we'd actually peaked, you know, four weeks earlier and hadn't locked down soon enough. And so that's why, you know, we had been so, so busy before then. Um, so, yeah, it was just really interesting. And then, you know, as restrictions started to ease in summer, A&E getting busy again, you know, massive, massive amounts of drug overdoses, alcohol, um, you know, people getting hurt or, you know, uh, people, cars back out on the road, just just things like that that you forget, um, you know, the accidents happen um, all the time and, you know, people people drink a little bit too much. It's what happens, unfortunately. Um so yeah, that was just, it was just really interesting to kind of the ebb and flow of stuff and then, you know, then have COVID peak again and go through it all over again. And, um, and yeah, I think just being a bit more prepared the second time round is, you know, the first time we're all just flying blind and it was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? You know, this was all really new. And then just the, you know, the huge difference in stuff that we learned and stuff that we knew in you know, in between the peaks and someone would come in and we would know exactly what we needed to do for them if they needed oxygen, if they didn't need oxygen, what medications we needed to give or didn't give and that kind of stuff. So that that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I can't say I ever want to really live through a pandemic ever again. I think this one was enough. And now I think you've done an incredible job. It's been, as you said, an ever-changing and volatile situations so it's kind of just managing things on a day-to-day basis and the ebbs and flows of things have you been involved in administering the vaccine at all no so there's a lot of um it's more kind of outside the hospital I guess that they're trying to do it or um you know not bring it into A&E because we've already stretched for services with stuff um so there's more like vaccine centers that people go to um, I was actually on the um, AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine trial last year. Um, so I volunteered to be on that and um, actually got the vaccine, um, which is really good. It saves me time now having to queue up and get a vaccine, uh, which has been good. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I never got COVID. I never had antibodies from the first wave either. Um, so I was eligible to participate. Um, but yeah, no, not part of the vaccine rollout. But um, I, yeah, one of our... Um, nurses is one of the matrons now um, uh, organizing all of that and he's doing a really good job so yeah hopefully we keep on um, keep on making it keep on vaccinating people and you know everything goes smoothly yeah definitely fingers crossed it's a smooth and safe rollout across the world and it kind of gets this situation under control and we can open up those borders I'm sure your family's dying to see you back home and that you're dying to come back here for a visit hopefully yeah, fingers crossed. I think I'm holding out for 2022 with um, no no restrictions, but we'll wait and see how things go. Yeah, so, you know, as you were saying, it is a very high-stress environment that you do work in. Um, and a question that always comes to mind is how do you manage this stress and unknown? Um, and do you have any tips for relieving stress um, for any of our other nurses or even just general listeners today um yeah I think nursing is really interesting in the sense that it's I think one of the few jobs I'm probably very biased on this but I feel it's probably one of the few jobs that it's 
you know, physically draining, emotionally draining and mentally draining all at the same time. Um, and I think you really have to learn early on how to manage that. Otherwise, you'll just burn out. Um, and I think I, before COVID, was really good at that. I knew, you know, what I enjoyed and how to de-stress. And, you know, I'd, I'd go to the gym or I'd see friends or I'd go to the movies and, you know, I'd go sit in a cafe and read a book and just kind of zone out. And then COVID hit and I couldn't do any of the stuff that I used to do to kind of de-stress. Um, and, you know, then mass, you know, anxiety levels through the roof at work as well. Um, it was really interesting. Um, so I, you just, I just kind of had to go back to the basics of what, you know, what I enjoyed doing and, you know, kind of readjusting it. So I, um, I got very into skincare, um, you know, do a, do a sheet mask just for 15 minutes to zone out, um, you know, put a heat pack over your eyes, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, put some, you know, some relaxing music on and do some stretches, um, you know, go for a walk if it wasn't, you know, snowing like it did this morning. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of, I think just it's important to find what works for you um, and just stick with it. You know, I, I have been on some wild YouTube deep dives with ASMR, which is just fascinating all at the same time as, you know, a little bit relaxing. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, for, I would try and find shows that were only on once a week. So I just didn't sit and binge because, you know, when there's not much else to do, it was easy to just sit and binge. So if you find a show that's just on every week, then you've got that one thing to do. And, um, you know, that's your kind of chill out session. Um, I think as well, prioritizing time for yourself is really important. And I think that is something that I don't think probably enough people do, you know, just I regularly will just, you know, turn my phone off for an hour because I'm, I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to deal with that right now. And, um, and that's okay. And I think that's really important for people to, um, yeah, to just recognize what works for them. And particularly, you know, in any kind of high stress job, find out early, otherwise you will just burn out. Great. I think that's some really good tips there. Um, it is so important to find some time to just take a break from everything and do what suits you best. And that's going to be different between most people. So it is really important to find what you need to relax and taking care of your mental health should always be a priority. Now, in one of our previous chats, you said that you had to dial in for your sister's wedding remotely. Other than that, what's been the most interesting thing that you have seen come out of COVID-19? Uh, so her wedding actually had to be postponed because of the week lockdown in Perth, but it's okay. It's on in two weeks and it will go ahead and I'll dial in. It'll be great. And I will just have to get dressed from the waist up and it'll be fine. Um, so no. So yeah, I think, I guess the most interesting thing, I guess, I mean, it's just been so bizarre all at the same time as being so normal, I guess. Um, you know, I think we're, you know, I, you know, that's how, you know, survival of the fittest kind of thing. You just, you know, it's just resilience. You just kind of have to crack on. It's what you have to do. This is how life is now. Um, you know, you've got to wear your mask on the tube, got to wear your mask everywhere at work. Now I think nursing without a mask to me just seems so bizarre because we've had to wear a mask for a year. And part of me is a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to be up that close to someone without a mask. It's gone anymore. And 
um, things like that. So yeah, I guess it's just, um, yeah, it's, I think just how people have adjusted so quickly. Um, you know, I've had my PT trainers now do Zoom classes and, um, you know, pubs do order online for your Sunday roast. And, you know, I guess I think the massive amount of creativity as well that's just come out, um, you know, just showing how, you know, we can really adjust and how things, you know, can change, but how also how everything also in the way stays the same. I don't know. It's been, yeah, it's been really odd. I think as well, having a conservative government be so liberal with the money that they're handing out has been wonderful. Really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, yeah, it's been really interesting. Yeah, it definitely sounds it. I know a lot of places here and by the sounds of it over there have had to be pretty creative in how they keep operating and how they can still serve customers in line with restrictions and the latest government advice. Um, so, Emily, I'd love to finish this episode by asking you for a piece of advice or some words of wisdom for our listeners. Is there anything you'd like to share or a piece of information you wish you had known to help you on your journey as a young alumni? Um, I think, uh, I mean, I don't often feel wise enough to give advice, so I happily give my opinion, but um, I don't know how, how wisdomous I am. Um, but, no, I think just, um, you know, if opportunities arise, take them. And if they don't, just try and make some. Um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've done anything particularly, you know, amazing since I left uni. But then, you know, I hear other people be like, but you've moved overseas and you've done this and you've done that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So I think, yeah, just um, enjoy what you do. And I think you'll go far, I guess. That's, that's kind of just what I've done, you know. I really enjoy what I do. And so if something new comes along, I'm quite happy to give it a go. And if I don't like it, I just try something different. So yeah, which I know sounds like it's a very privileged, you know, privileged view that I have. I've been really lucky in life. And, um, you know, I've, I think, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, it's one of those things that I've, I've worked hard, but I've also had the opportunities. So yeah, I think, yeah, if you do have the opportunities, yeah, do try and take them. Fantastic. I think that's such fantastic advice. It's very inspirational. Um, not everyone would be in the position where they would be brave enough to make the choices that you have done and follow their passions or even be as passionate about their field of work as it's clear that you are. So I think it's really inspiring and definitely something that we can all think about and hopefully pursue in whatever form suits us best in the future. So, Thank you so much. I think that's a really positive note to end on today, Emily. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, especially with the time difference and today being the day you can go out and hit the pub up. Um, I wish you the best of luck as you continue working in these uncertain times and as you start your new job. It's a truly remarkable job that you're doing and I have no doubt you will continue to do as well. Thank you so much. I was really honoured to, um, to be asked on. So, yeah, thank you. All right, listeners. We've reached the end of today's Talks for Change episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you feel inspired and are thinking about the positive impact you too can have on your community. Have you heard of the Young Alumni Helping Hand Fund? This initiative was created by the Young Alumni Advisory Board to support Curtin students experiencing financial hardship. If you know a Curtin student in need, please let them know of the support they can receive from us. 
If you're in a position to donate to the fund, please head to our website. Are you following us on Facebook and LinkedIn? We hope you're keeping in touch and receiving the latest young alumni information, news and event invitations. Don't forget to subscribe, share this episode with a friend and or leave a comment. We'd love to know what you thought about this podcast. If you have a story to tell, get in touch. Stay tuned for the next Talks for Change podcast and don't forget to follow our socials to stay connected. Thank you. If you think that you or another Curtin graduate under 35 has an amazing story to tell or are interested in being part of Talks for Change, drop us a line at youngalumni at curtin.edu.au.